Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the That's a Lot of Bodies to Ground Up edition. What? <laughs> yes. Why are we grinding up bodies now? <laughs> Again? Yes, that's what a good are point. We, what are we using them for this time, Jill? <laughs> Why do we have to keep grinding up the bodies? Clearly, this has happened before. Yes, it has happened before. And that was kind of loud, and we have neighbors. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> We're New Yorkers, so yes. we never think of our neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> but on the flip side, they never think of us. Yes, so we true. just hear each other all day long. And I'm sorry, but... <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They don't, they <laughs> they don't, don't care. care. <laughs> Today is episode 088. Of course that happened. Mummies were once an ingredient in paint. I mean... Mm-hmm. Just... Oh, already her hands are in her face. Wow, under a minute. That's a new record. It is a new record. I'm just like <laughs> embarrassed on behalf of artists uh, and people mm. who paint stuff. Oh, and, and just and, and also humanity. Yeah, humanity. Yeah, that's someone's that that could be someone's mom. You oh, know? Yeah, it was. Great. <laughs> it could be someone's kid. Actually it is someone's kid. I'm your fucking I don't know what they're painting with with <laughs> We'll get into shit. We'll get into that too. Okay. Oh, we're gonna get into uh, so so much shit. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the uh, just already mortified uh, Marissa Riley. That's me. I'm here. <laughs> I'm just so embarrassed on behalf of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of yeah, all oh, the yeah. people, humans are the worst. No, sir. <laughs> worst. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. And now that I know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, but I'm also just like, ugh. Yeah. You're cautiously pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I need that t-shirt yesterday. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm cautiously pumped. I'm going to put that in the uh, merch file. Yep. Thank you. Please, pumped. please add, please add it to the list. Okay. Uh, my friends, if you're a longtime listener of this show, then you know the rich, the affluent, the well-off have been eating, snorting, drinking, and smearing the bodies of marginalized peoples for literally hundreds of years. Yeah, what a pain in the ass. <laughs> yes. What dicks. Total dicks. Uh, before germ theory and vaccines, prior to the mid-1800s, if a rich person was sick or had a headache, well... All you had to do was find the skull of an Irish person. Obviously. Obvi. Uh, yep. <laughs> Grind it up, add your favorite booze, and voila, you had a cure. Yeah. Chalky mm-hmm. wine <laughs> with a person's brain. <laughs> so, Easy peasy. Now, we covered this example and a whole lot more in episode 064, How Human Brains Were Once Used as Medicine. Highly recommend. Yeah. Y'all listen. Such yeah. a good episode. So fucking good. Uh, if you haven't had a listen, please do. You'll end up hating the rich even more. One of my so. favorite pastimes yes. is hating the rich. It just never ends. It, it's so easy. Yeah. You're, you're allowed to hate them. It's amazing. It's like the one group of people that it's like you can totally okay. comfortably dislike. <laughs> uh, today, like the title suggests, in the not-too-distant past and for over 300 years. Oh, my God. Yes, I said 300. Humans have found another way to use humans. Really? There's... By putting them in paint. Yes. God <laughs> damn it! Come on! Now, to understand why, well, this is kind of gross, but we have to say it, why the color mummy brown? Wow. Yeah. 
I'm not going to get into all mm, the problems there, but there's a few. There's there's a handful of problematic things. Yes. Yeah. Today. Uh, Why the color mummy brown became a sensation in the 17 to 1800s. We need to take a step I'm sorry, we need to take a trip back in time even farther. Take than me that. there. Yeah. Take, I gotta know That's this right. origin story. <laughs> That's right, we gotta do it for context and shit. So let's briefly dip a toe in the time of togas. Oh. Let's hang with the Greeks for a moment. Party. Uh, That's right. Now, the Greeks loved using a natural substance called bitumen Okay. for meta for medicinal purposes. Okay. Now, what the fuck is that exactly? Well, according to our primary source today, uh, an incredible article by Philip McCott called The Life and Death of Mummy Brown. What a title. Incredible. Uh, it's, quote, a substance which oozed from the earth in Persia and various other places in the Middle East. Okay. End quote. Okay. Now, Dr. Marissa, let's get a little bit more specific. So, do tell us a little bit more about this gloopy stuff. I would love to. I'm a little nervous, but let's <laughs> <You should be. laughs> let's dive right in. All right, from Britannica.com, quote, uh, bitumen is a dense, highly viscous, petroleum-based hydrocarbon, nailed it, yeah. that is found in deposits such as oil sands and pitch lakes called natural bitumen, or is obtained as a residue of the distillation of crude oil or refined bitumen. It is used for road surfacing and roofing, end quote. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, the petroleum based thing. Yeah, you got it. Substance that comes out of the earth. earth. I thought it was going to (laughs) be human goo. This is a close second. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, I was waiting for the human part, and I'm like, oh, it's just a, it's just shit that comes out of the ground. It's shit that comes out of the ground, but it's also used for road surfacing and roofing today. Yeah. So, my friends, if you look out your window and you see a paved road, you kind of get the idea of what natural bitumen looks like. Uh-huh. It's black, dense, and in the wild, it's a liquid. Uh-huh. The Greeks took one look at that stuff and were like, yeah, we got to eat this shit. Oh, my so- God. You guys are so <laughs> wasted. Don't do that. So wasted. Well, ever since, for hundreds of years, this goop was used to cure everything from toothaches to dysentery. What is the cure? Death? <laughs> so- That's the name of my next album. What wow. is the cure? Question mark. Death. Period. <laughs> That's I like Dark. It. Is this a, I'm going to start a metal band just to use that as a lyric or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the pod. <laughs> Enough about me. Okay. Well, let's hop back into our <laughs> Let's hop back into our time machine and fast forward to the wacky 1100s. Holy shit. Yes, the 12th century. <laughs> it was here, philosopher and scholar Abdel Latif, Abdel Latif, nailed me. it believed that the blackened appearance of Egyptian bodies was, quote, due to the aging of the embalming materials. Oh. This was erroneously attri- attributed to the use of bitumen being used to soak the bodies and their shrouds. <gasps> so bitumen was kind of like their... Oh, it was I don't want to say... Oh, never mind. Yeah, it was erroneously attributed. Erroneously. Yeah. See, I didn't know what that word meant. Ah. Is that What does that mean? Like, he accidentally? Got, he, got, he got it wrong. He got it wrong. Oh, he got it wrong. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. A state school in Texas. <laughs> Just don't, don't listen to me. All good. Continuing the quote, it was therefore believed that these bodies would provide a much-needed alternative supply of that increasingly scarce substance, end quote, from Philip McCout. 
So, so. this guy thought, so, mm-hmm. or someone thought there was bitumen mm-hmm. in these bodies. You got it. But they were wrong. 100% wrong. Okay, I nailed it. <laughs> I nailed it. Context clues. Thank you, Jill. You got it. Now, Abdel Latif was like, all caps, the most important writer of his day. Amazing. From 1162 to 1231, whatever he said and wrote and did, everyone in Persia followed. Persia being what we now call the Middle East. Got it. Uh, now, to put his influence into context, get this, okay? Are you, okay. Get, get fucking ready for this. All right, all right. The Persian word for bitumen okay. is mum or mumya. Okay, that sounds like a, another yeah, word I've That's heard right, of. you guessed it. The use of mumya became so popular that the word itself came to represent Egyptian bodies. It's the word we still use to this day. It's why we call them mummies. So this was like the influencer. Yes. Yes. So this was like the Kim Kardashian. Yes. Except a writer and talented. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah. So he like tweeted this out, whatever the equivalent. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, all right, it's true. We got to do it. I believe it. Got to gotta smear it. Got to smear it everywhere. We got to call these things mummies now. <laughs> so let's gas up that time machine. We're heading, we're heading to the 1500s. Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> now, trade routes had vastly expanded between those 300 years and that means the world had gotten a little smaller and way more connected interesting Mm -hmm. but also yeah that makes sense there you go dr marissa i thought we could take turns reading from that wonderful article life and death of mummy brown as to what the fuck was happening now what do you say i say fuck yeah all right it provides some shocking insight and by the way some of this is 1500s dialogue talk so it's gonna get a little funky but you'll get the idea what the fuck is going on? I'm so into that! Okay, okay, all right, let's get it started. Quote, By the 16th century, despite legal restrictions, exporting mummies from Egypt to Europe to be ground up and used as, in quotes, medicine, was big business. Mm-hmm. Gross. Uh, collection and, and also offensive, collection and... <laughs> Distribution businesses were established, and since large profits were made, many foreigners, English, Spanish, French, German, and others, began to trade in mummies, exporting complete bodies or packages of fragmented tissue from Cairo and Alexandria. Holy shit. One trader was the London merchant... Excuse me. One trader was the London merchant John Sanderson, an agent for the Turkey Company, who spent a year in Egypt and gave this vivid account of his visit to the Memphis mummy pits in 1586. Quote, we were let down by ropes and as into a well with wax candles burning in our hands. And so we walked upon bodies of all sorts and sizes that gave no noisome smell at all. Noisome. 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 <laughs> uh, continuing his quote, uh, I broke of all the parts of the bodies to see how the flesh was turned to drug and brought home heads, hands, arms, and feet for a shoe. We brought also 600 pounds for the turkey company in pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that was good. Yeah, acting. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, one, little hand, <laughs> one little hand I brought into England and presented it to my brother, who gave the same to a doctor in Oxford. 
end quote. First of all, whoa. Second of yeah. all, he kind of talks like Yoda. Everything is a little <laughs> yes. like switched around. Switched around. Like a, a hand I have brought. Mm-hmm. Like there for my go. brother, a hand I have brought exactly. or something like that. Give to, give to doctor you will. <laughs> give to doctor you will. <laughs> Uh, second of all, this is terrible. Fucking this is gross. a disaster. 600 pounds. 600, everyone, just say it. 600, 600 pounds. pounds. Of bodies. That's right. Bodies. Yeah. Dried bodies. Dried. Dried and- bodies that were like um, uh, put in the ground sacredly yeah. of their, you know, religion, spiritual beliefs, just completely exhumed. That's the right word, right? That's or is it, that yeah. what you do to a grave? Both. They've been taken out of the ground, y'all. Fucking what hell. shit. Yes. My friends, from the 1600s to the 1700s, if we walked into a random apothecary on a street in Europe, we would have absolutely no trouble finding a bottle of mummia. No. Dr. Marissa, would you like to see a bottle from that time period? I actually really would. Yeah. I'm dying to see yeah, this. Yeah, we have a photo. Uh, and all photos we talk about today and a little bit extra will be on our social media stuff. So Amazing. please. Come on by and take a look at this particular one, which is from Germany. During ah, the land of my people. <laughs> from the 1700s. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, I, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I hate that this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I, you know, this is a... Okay, I'm going to try to describe it. If they sold, like, cosmetics mm. in this bottle today... They could sell, this would be like a $300 moisturizer. It looks so fucking chic. Yeah. Okay, so it's in a, it looks ceramic or wood. I'm not 100% sure what the material is. It's hard to tell. It could go either way because it's painted this, actually a red, a blushy red. Like a blushy, poppy, tomato juice red. And um, it's kind of the shape of a carafe. And it's got a top. And then in the bottom, it's just got this... It's got the word mummy on this fucking awesome font that I all caps, like just this gorgeous old timey font. And then it's got this kind of like, um, it's almost like a stage mm-hmm. around it, like little curtains around it that are blue, like the most gorgeous blue I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of framing the word yeah. and it's just the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen. It's full of someone's, you know, mom. So it's yeah. <laughs> yes. messed up. It's messed up. Jesus. Now, my friends, you'd think a craze, especially that of grounding up bodies, would eventually die down after literally hundreds of years. But one event took place that actually made it level up. Not surprised. Mm. A little guy named Napoleon. Uh occupied Egypt in 1798. Uh, <laughs> he would. Yeah. He would. Uh-huh. He fucking would. Figures. Now, now, it was for a short period of time, for three years, but wherever the chic Frenchman went, the modern world took notice. Of course. And... Everyone wants to be French. <laughs> They're so cool. Just... If you are French, what is the secret? And then you're going <laughs> to reply, nothing. <laughs> Bastards. I, I, do, I do nothing. I smoke and that's it. That's, I guess, no, I was going to say that must be it, but the nothing part is it. I think the nothing nothing part. part. It's not giving a fuck. Mm -hmm. I have to learn. Okay. Okay. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what pivot did the Egyptian authorities make after those three years? Let's fucking talk about it, man. All right. That was aggressive. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Anyways, um, from Philip's article, quote, prompted by the Egyptian authorities' desire to modernize and open up the country to the West, tourism, previously spasmodic and sometimes dangerous, quickly became highly prestigious and fashionable. Scholar B. M. Fagan reports that the 1830s, that uh, by the 1830s, a craze for things Egyptian had taken Europeans by storm. Diplomats and tourists, merchants and dukes, all vied, vied, vied. That that's the word. <laughs> all vied with one another to assemble spectacular collections of mummies and other antiquities. In 1833, the monk, Father. Uh, Jelombe, nice. um, thank you, uh, remarked, quote, it would be hardly respectable on one's return from Egypt to present oneself without a mummy in one hand and a crocodile in the other, end quote. Oh, my God. <laughs> A father, a yeah. monk said, if you come back from Egypt without a fucking dead body and, <laughs> Did a, you go? and a lizard, what are you even doing? That's right. Pictures are, it didn't happen. That's exactly Jesus, what Jesus, that's disgusting. That's exactly what that it is. That is disgusting. And I am <laughs> judging them. I am, I rarely judge, I judge people every day, but I'm really judging Father Jerome. Jerome. Is it best died? What's a dick? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they, that sucks. Totally sucks. And yes, my friends, mummies went from being medicinal to everyday entertainment. Oh, God. And some entertainment in the 1800s included, you guessed it, art. Uh-huh. uh-huh paintings. Uh-huh. Paintings, uh-huh. to be exact. <laughs> I see where this is going. After the break. Uh. We've come a long way. Yeah. You made it. Yeah. Now we're finally going to find out who made Mummy Brown. Oh, my God. Who used it uh, and what happened to cause its downfall. We gotta know. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, over the commercial break, we've all been transformed into artists living in the mid-1800s. Oh. Yes. Mm. Oh, I... (laughs) I'm going to die at 2030 (laughs) from a cut on my hand. That's right. Exciting. I have a, I I don't know, talk more. (laughs) You got it. Uh, Let me get more specific. Uh, We're all white men artists, Ah! white male artists living in the mid 1800s. That sounds more like it. Mm -hmm. Which means we're basically the Kardashians meet hip hop artists of our day. Good times. We're a big fucking deal. We can do anything we want. Anything until we die shortly. (laughs) Shortly. Now, to maintain our stranglehold on entertainment, we need to paint, we need to create. Yes. Uh, Now, remember, if you wanted your beautiful creation to be seen in the 1800s... And I do. Girl, people had to get their asses up and into a gallery to see it. Get into my gallery. (laughs) Look at my shit. So the question is, how do you lure them there? That's right. You guessed it. You jump on the mummy bandwagon. Amazing. And it turns out these painters didn't have to try very hard to figure out how to incorporate mummia into their work. I, yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. It seemed very easy. It seemed too easy, yeah. you guys. Yeah, I know. Uh, according to harvardartmuseum.org, found within an art treatise written back in 1584 were descriptions of Europeans using ground-up mummies in their paint during that time period and beginning as far back 
as, you guessed it, the 12th century. Wow. Remember Ab- uh, Abdel Latif? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, my friends, tubes of what was called Mummy Brown mm. had been floating around, being used here and there ever since mummies were being snorted or ingested or whatever the fuck. How many fucking ways can we use these people's poor bodies <laughs> that they had so beautifully prepared for yeah. the afterlife? What if in their spiritual afterlives, yeah. they had to go live in these stupid museums with these smelly artists, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, this fucking sucks. This I buried myself with my dog, <laughs> I had all my organs removed in the perfect way, everything was great, yep. and now I'm fucking goo mm-hmm. in this fucking museum. Y'all, right. y'all fucking suck. I'm fine. <laughs> That's right. I'm fine. Uh, so, uh uh, but when the craze for all things Egyptian, sorry, <laughs> when the craze for all things Egyptian hit the 1800s, these white male artists did what any white male artist would do in this situation: form an exclusive group of self-proclaimed revolutionaries, declare a new art movement, and use this mummy brown in their canon. Oh my god! I they know. think they're doing something great. Yes, they think they're revolutionaries. Yeah. Yep. <gasps> This is wild. I just, I feel like now would be a good time to bring up the fact that, um, do you know who Julia Fox is? Um, I did it myself. Oh, yes, yes. So that girl had, she's done a lot of things, but I don't really understand what she does exactly. But I do know she had (laughs) an exhibit of her own art that she made with her own blood. And that was what got people to come. Yeah, that's been done a lot, a lot though. Really? (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. That's regular blood, menstrual blood, fucking birthing stuff. So she's not original. No. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, she tried. Isn't it sad that the only version of that I know about is hers? (laughs) Oh, I'll read up later. Anyways, back to to mummy paintings. Yeah, give it a Google. People using their blood to uh, make art. It's a thing. It's a thing. Damn. Yeah. All right. There you go. (laughs) Give it a Google. Uh, All right. So I hope you're sitting down. I am. If you're driving, pull over. Yeah. If you're standing, hold on to something. Yes. I'm about to say something that's even more douchey than the last thing I said. Oh, no. (laughs) The name of this club, initially a seven-member club, just seven people. Okay. It was called the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood. That is the douchiest thing I've ever (laughs) heard. Why? What? That is such a fraternity. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Such a frat. This group, composed of English dudes, was formed in 1848, and I could provide their names, but fuck it, just Google them. Sounds like a lot Um, of Joshes. (laughs) They looked like Joshes. (laughs) Now, they had a bone to pick with the Italian master Raphael, who was long fucking dead by this point, so I guess if you're gonna start some shit, do it with a dead guy. Yeah. A A famous dead guy. Yeah. You'll make some waves. Anyway, these guys were like, we're better painters. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Here's what we're going to do. Okay. Okay, we're going to paint things exactly like what they look like. What? (laughs) Oh, my God! Revolutionary! That's right. And to top it off, we're finishing each painting with... the best goddamn bowl of fruit or a tree or whatever the fuck of likes no one has ever seen before. Just the best of the best of it. Okay. We're going to sign it, okay? We're going to sign it, it. yeah. We're going to sign it. it. And then you're going to put the initials PRB next to your name to signify this masterpiece is part of the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood. That's right. Oh, my God. 
And and we're using this type of brown only. Okay, cool, cool. We this, is this is what we're doing. Insane. <laughs> this is amazing. Not. So yeah. Yeah. So that's what the plan was. And so with all the cool kids using Mummy Brown wow. and showcasing their works around town, you know, you guessed it. Eventually all the kids were using Mummy Brown. God, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. And it was then something amazing happened. Okay. <laughs> Your hands I are can't in... tell if you're being sarcastic again or not. <laughs> her hands are in her face. Dr. Marissa, please tell us one of the reasons, plot twist, Mummy Brown began to lose momentum. I would love to talk about this. I'm also a little stressed and sweating. Okay. <laughs> Quote, however... Despite its apparently widespread use, Mummy Brown generally received bad press. Yeah. Thank God. There were some positives. Quote, it flows from the brush with a delightful freedom and evenness. Uh, and it gives thin films that are extremely lovely and enjoyable. <laughs> that was job. my addition. Um, but beyond this, most views on the technical qualities of Mummy Brown were quite negative. Uh, just as with uh, Medicinal Mummy, it uh, its critics felt its authenticity was dubious and its technical qualities were unsatisfactory. End quote. And that is from Life and Death. Um I love this. I love this so much. I love that not only did they realize it's so stupid and mean, it's also like bad. (laughs) It just sucked. It it was just a bad paint. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a good paint, paint, just regular paint. I I don't know what they had done at this time to make paint, but it sounds better than crushed up dead bodies. Yes. Because crushed up dead bodies are crushed up dead bodies. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. It sucked as paint. A lot of critics and artists just shunned it because it was inconsistent at best. And that's because the ingredients were not consistent. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about various body bodies and various body parts in various states of decay. Everyone's so, different and has been dead for different times. Exactly. There you go. So yeah, people didn't like the consistency. So you're wondering, I bet you're wondering, what the fuck? Was this the reason? What about the whole ingredients thing? Right? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, enter Edward Byrne Jones. Hey, now, Ed. <laughs> his reaction to and ignorance of what was in Mummy Brown really signifies the total 180 public opinion uh, that, was, that happened regarding human bodies in the late 1800s. Finally. Finally. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, one thing you should know about Edward, he was one of the last people to join the Brotherhood. Okay. Uh, he wasn't one of the OG7, so he tagged along much later. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Dr. Marissa, I thought we could take turns reporting on his extremely dramatic reaction to a revelation he had during lunch one day. The best revelations <laughs> happen right. during lunch and on the toilet. So, yeah. Uh, and the symbolism that reaction became for Mommy Brown. Okay. Please take it away. Let's do it. All right. Quote in her biography of the uh, pre Raphael. Hmm. In her biography of the pre Raphaelette artist Edward Byrne Jones, his widow Georgina recalls a particularly fateful turning point when the artist Lawrence Alma Tadema uh, and his family were visiting Byrne Jones, the Byrne Joneses for lunch one Sunday, on Sunday. She wrote, quote, we were sitting together after lunch, the men talking about different colors that they used, when Mr. Tad- 
Yeah, it is, right? Tadama. Yeah. When Mr. Tadama startled us by saying he had lately been invited to go and see a mummy that was in his colorman's workshop before it was ground down into paint. Continuing the quote, Edward scornfully rejected the idea of pigment having anything to do with a mummy. He said the name must only be borrowed to describe a particular shade of brown. But when assured it was actually compounded of real mummy, he left us at once, hastened to the studio, and returning with the only tube he had, insisted on giving it a decent burial there and then. (laughs) A round of applause. It doesn't solve much, but it's a start. It's a start. Uh, Continuing the quote, so a hole was bored in the... (laughs) (laughs) I like how we're getting into the burial. Yes. So a hole was bored in the gra- in the green grass at our feet, and we all watched it put safely in, and the spot was marked by one of the girls planting a daisy root above it. End quote. So. I mean, this doesn't solve much, no. but it's, it's... It's something. I feel better, at least, I mean, a little bit better for that mummy's <laughs> poor spirit. Yeah. They will never be with their dog. I just assume that all mummies are buried with their dogs. That's a terrible... <laughs> generalization but you know why not yeah we, we, god willing we're all buried with our dog one day <laughs> I, that's what i'm going for <laughs> anyways I, I, i'm glad uh, someone came to their sense or didn't come to their senses just to realize what was going on yes. and how stupid yeah. it is also like they were informed they were informed they go. thought it was just a color and it's not there you go it's a person <laughs> it's a person <laughs> Uh, so people were finally comprehending what they were doing. So, like Dr. Marissa, you gave a round of applause, rightfully so. Doing it again. Uh, according to the Pigments Wiki, by 1915, demand for Mummy Brown had slowed so much that, quote, one London colorman claimed that he could satisfy the demands of his customers for 20 years from one Egyptian mummy, end quote. Wow. Now, if you're wondering, when was the last goddamn time someone bought this paint then? I actually am curious. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Marissa, would you like to guess? Uh, when was the last time someone bought this paint? Like yesterday. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's somewhere like in a museum or something mm-hmm. and someone bought it recently. Ah, uh, well, you know, that's a pretty... People suck. That's a pretty goddamn good guess. Uh, it was sometime in the early 1960s. That's not that long ago. Nope, it wasn't. It's not that long ago. Yep. Uh, a managing director of Roberts, uh, Robertson & Co., a painting manufacturer, told Time Magazine in 1964 they ran out of mummies to use a few years prior and there hadn't been any demand since. He told Time, it wouldn't matter if there was a demand anyway because there are just no more mummies to be found. Oh, wow. <laughs> we used them all. Yeah. Third time. Her oh, hands- this is a disaster. This is so cruel and terrible. Third time. Her hands are in her face. Uh, that might be a new record. That's someone's grandparents. <laughs> Some- that's a person's life. Oh, my God. I know. Okay, I'm fine. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of this uh, episode. <laughs> what, what a journey. I am sweating. Yeah. yeah. I haven't sweat this much in a long time this is incredible jill thank you for this story You're very really welcome. puts a lot of perspective on things yes it does yeah <laughs> uh, so thank you thank for you. listening rating subscribing telling your friends that once upon a time uh they put dead people in paint yeah because they could 
They and that could. doesn't mean you should. No. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Think about it. Uh, and please, stay interesting. Please do.